stories, teachings, and guidance. Welcome to the Women's Moon Wisdom Podcast with your host, Rebecca Rankin. Welcome back to the Women's Moon Wisdom Podcast. I am so thrilled and and so honored to share this episode with you all. In this episode, I have this beautiful conversation with Raquel Webb. Raquel is my sound healing mentor and teacher. She's also an amazing astrologer, a Lemurian priestess, and just a beautiful wisdom keeper. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation we had together. Welcome to the show, Raquel. And it is such an honor to have you on the show to co-create this episode together. Um, And what I'm really looking forward to is just having you share some wisdom about astrology. And I I find that the way that you share this is is just really through this lived sense. And you share like the, the practical purposes of astrology, yet the way you you weave in storytelling just allows for a beautifully like deepened understanding um, of kind of the, the depths, the layers of astrology. So so I just want to honor that that is such a gift that you share with with all. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so in this life, you have you've stepped into this role of a priestess, and you seem to really use astrology as a way to weave into your offerings and what seems like your your daily life. Can you share just a little bit with us, like what your journey has looked like uh, with astrology and and even what it means to live in in the now in our current times as a priestess (laughs) oh well yeah um first of all thank you so much for having me and thank you to everyone who's listening and just really feeling this moment of opportunity and this moment of possibility that we are stepping into together um so thank you so much to everyone who's listening and thank you to you, Rebecca, for facilitating. <laughs> I've been uh, studying astrology since I was 17. Um, I'm 42 now, so a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just always had this fascination with the stars, um, you know, even as a little girl, just like laying on the trampoline. And I found uh, my parents... Uh, it's that the wheel I forget the name of it but it's just it's just called a star wheel actually it's just called a star wheel but it was like this plastic thing where you can before we had phones with apps you know you had to use this plastic thing to like rotate what was the horizon and look at the sky and try to figure it out um and um but yeah astrology really started coming into my life in a much bigger way uh around uh 2000 and let's see 2012 2013 it was actually the end of 2013 um when I was actually uh working with um with the shaman that I mentored with um and working with the plant medicine ayahuasca and um 
I had just had a really, really powerful three days of ceremony. Um, woke up on my 33rd birthday um, after sitting three days. And um, and I, I just had, it was just, I felt like my whole life just shift. And um, not long after that, I went to dinner with a friend and we were waiting, this is in San Francisco, and we were waiting for our table. And um, this is in the inner Richmond district. And there's a, 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 a bookstore called Green Apple Books, which is an amazing, amazing bookstore. They have the, one of the best esoteric sections. Um, and I was just like, okay, I know I'm supposed to, I was like, you know, when you're in that space for me after ceremony, it's like the whole, your whole regular normal life for the next two weeks to a month is, is still the ceremony. And so I'm really feeling so guided and I walk up to that section upstairs and the, in the metaphysical section and I'm like, okay, so there's something up here for me and I could feel it behind me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to turn around. And so I turn around and I look at the bookshelf and I'm looking at all of this and it's like, you know, DMT spirit molecule. And I was like, okay, I'm in the right spot. <laughs> and then um, there's this book and it says codex of the soul. And I was like, Ooh. And so I pulled it out and I started flipping through it. And I was like, really? astrology <laughs> like this seems so banal you know <laughs> I was like oh, okay but then I started flipping towards the front of the book and um if you don't have that book I know you have that book I, oh yeah um, it's an amazing book because it really is like an immersion into the full spectrum you know like astrology it's the music of the spheres you know it's it's not just this study of the planets in the sky, like literally, that's why, you know, I do astrology and sound healing and Lemuria because it's all the same thing. Um, and so, you know, it's like literally there's, you know, we could get into all the science of it, you know, like, you know, in the before the invention of telescope, seven planets, seven chakras, seven colors, you know, seven notes and scale. It's like, it's everything. Uh, sound is everything. And the stars are everything. And um, and in the front of that book, it, it was talking about the progression of sacred geometry from the point to the line, to the triangle, to the square, and on and, uh, you know, to the Merkaba, you know, to the, um, the tetrahedrons. And, uh, and so, you know, I, done so much work with sacred geometry in my journey work uh was a huge part of of that medicine for me and so I was like okay like I'm gonna take this seriously the sacred geometry was like okay I'm gonna take this seriously so I really started diving in um and it was just kind of my own personal practice until I moved to Maui and um my who would become my astrology teacher <laughs> I have the best teachers who really prefer to remain anonymous and um 
So this is a man who is actually um, a molecular biologist and worked in the water department as an engineer. What? <laughs> From Maui. But awesome. he's yeah, but he's a he's a, a a he's been to all kinds of conferences on astrology and like incredible and and I was in a cafe sitting next to my boyfriend at the time and my would-be teacher is sitting next to my boyfriend and he asks him if he can do read his palm and and later he would tell me that this was the only way that he could infiltrate because <laughs> he recognized me from a past life and he knew that I wouldn't that I would be like you're a crazy a creepy old man or whatever you know if he didn't approach through my boyfriend <laughs> oh my gosh I love that <laughs> So, so, you know, then, and so then it was like, you know, I started having six month readings with him every six months. We were always talking, he would always call me at random times and we were always talking. And, and so it was, it's really, there are these people who come into your life, like, and in, in my experience, and it's just like, they don't really know what they're doing, or maybe they do, but they really are angels and they just come into your life to sometimes in this more you know like we worked together for probably like three years um in a very consistent way and he even like put together an entire in-person astrology class so that I would come so that I would feel confident enough to do readings (laughs) and so yeah so it really it's like you know I feel like with so many, and even like, you know, you hear Stephen Forrest say this, you know, so, so many astrologers, it's like, it's not, it's, it's a remembrance, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like a field of study that you consciously say, I'm going to become an astrologer now. Um, I mean, maybe some people do. And if that's you, like, I'm no offense, you know, (laughs) but I feel like for a lot of people, it just begins as this kind of like, tiptoeing into exploring something and then until you realize it's flooded your whole life you know and you it's just become part of the texture and so yeah it was really just like you know I feel like also as as projectors you know it's like we're obsessed about learning about systems and how the world works and help us understand ourselves and other people and so it just became this like wow, I'm having a really hard time in my life. What the hell is going on in my chart? You know, I think it's what calls a lot of people to astrology as well. It's like fucked up shit happens and you need an explanation. And so you start looking for answers. Um, So yeah, it just became this like even like sitting, eating my toast, just looking at the transits and reading. And I do so much research while I'm eating. um so uh but yeah it's and journaling about all of the different things and noticing the patterns and um yeah it it really it really just became like part of the fabric of my life um and so I still you know every day you know I like write my little to-do list and I write okay what sign is the moon in what are the transits that are happening just so that I have that at the top of my little to-do list like okay that's the vibe of the day okay so yeah I love that thank you for for sharing your your journey let's talk about your priestess life (laughs) (laughs) no but but you know honestly I really like how 
Yeah, describe what, what that means in terms of what that looks like in 2023. Like how are, how is living as a priestess? So I don't, you know, like I don't, I don't think of myself as a priestess. Like I don't wake up and be like, hmm, gonna go be a priestess and have my priestess breakfast right now. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it, um, you know, because uh, because there's there's been such a glamorization of this. It's it's almost like the priestess has turned into the princess, um, yes. you know, right? And it's like every little girl wants to be a princess. And, you know, every entrepreneur wants to be a priestess, you know, in the spiritual community. And, um, and so, so I have like, uh, about that, you know, where there's this kind of like, um, Disneyfication of like, you know, Disneyfication of like what a priestess is and like what she must do. And, you know, she sits on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's like, so I didn't choose that title, uh, Lemurian priestess, you know, that was, that was given to me. Um, and, um, I was, I was working first, I was working with Kaya Ra. She wrote the Sophia code. Um, and she was really, really instrumental in helping me to get into the right frequency to, to move to Hawaii. Um, and then, you know, she was the one who was like, you know, have you started working with a kahuna yet? And I was like, no. And so she said, oh, you need to reach out to Auntie Calais. And, and I had no idea who this, but I was like, how do you say her name? <laughs> um, and literally I'm like on the beach, like, do you know Auntie Calais? Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then thankfully she sent me a link to her website and I was like, Oh, she has a website. Okay. Savvy (laughs) auntie. Um, And then I see that one of the photos and she's, you know, beautiful elder and um, lives on the big Island and embodies like, you know, the, the energy of devotion and the power of Pele and, uh, and so I see one of these photos of her taken at the Kilauea crater and the photo credit is for Lee Carroll. And if you uh, aren't familiar, Lee Carroll uh, channels similar to like, you know, everyone's familiar with Abraham Hicks, right? So Abraham Hicks is a collection of consciousness that's channeled through a woman named Esther. And in the same way, Cryon is a collection of consciousness that's channeled through a man named Lee Carroll. And Cryon talks a lot about uh, Pleiadians about your uh, your human akash about your DNA you know the 12 layers of your DNA about being able to communicate to your cells uh, about Lemuria and um, and I've been listening to Cryon and reading his books and I was like oh wow you know this is the this is this is the kahuna that is traveling with the Cryon entourage and wow uh, so I had a session with her and this was back when it was Skype and <laughs> it wasn't recorded. <laughs> um, and, um, and she 
you know, she just looked at me straight away and was like, you know, I told her, I was like, oh, you know, I've, you know, was called to move to Maui and I had these dreams about this, you know, Hawaiian spirit. And, um, and she was just like, you're a Lemurian priestess and you've been called back. She was like, she went on, she was like, you know, you're 30,000 years old you this is the first time that you've been able to return to these lands since before the flood um and and she was like you have a job to do and so I was like you know at first I laughed right I was like oh that's nice I'm sure you work with Cryon I'm sure you say that to everybody you know we're all Lemurian priestesses and isn't that nice and and she like caught me in it you know and she was like no she was like, you need to hear me, a Hawaiian kahuna telling you that you are a Lemurian priestess. And, you know, then it's like the, <laughs> like, you know, body chills and feeling a little sick, but also really like recognizing like, oh, wow. Like, you know, there was a, a part of me that affirmed on a biological level, you know, a cellular level that that was truth. Um, so so really it's kind of like for me being a priestess is being in service mm. and it's you know it can look like this like beautiful you know spiritual glamorous life but you know sometimes it's like you you know, you have to drink the snake venom and you're, you're, you're in, you're living in, living in that multidimensional world. You know, it's like here recently, like, I, I don't know what it's like, you know, this like new lunar year, year, the new lunar year of the water rabbit. And then that new moon, that Aquarius new moon, and then the Leo full moon just a couple of days ago, it's like, oh like it's a whole different frequency and it's really beautiful but it's like like there's times where it's like I'm like I just feel like everything is is like is coming apart at the seams and uh, there's so much fear and anxiety and uh, and it's like I feel like I felt you know in when I was sitting with ayahuasca and it's just like she's literally like taking you apart and it's like it's like you know you we grip so hard onto how we think reality is and what works and what doesn't work and and in order for us to have a, a breakthrough you know a personal revolution in order to receive the revelation right of what is what is what is my work in the world now you know and how can I be of greatest service to the collective with the gifts and experiences that I have now and what is what if it's the first step on your journey or it's it's always terrifying you know whether that's the first step on your journey or the 152nd step on your journey it's like but you you really it's 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 a life of sacrifice you know where where you and not sacrifice in the kind of like you know self-flagellation kind of way it's like like you 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 really have to you're being invited to tune into the collective and 
and you know, this is specific for me now that I'm understanding human design too. It's like I have tribal circuitry and that's the root of the mystical gate. And I also have uh, individual mutative circuitry. And so there's a lot of times if you had one person who's purely collective or one person who's purely tribal and another person who's purely individual, they would be in conflict, you know, like, well, not always, but it's like, those two frequencies are in conflict where it's like, how, how do I be part of the tribe, but also how do I mutate as an individual? The tribe hates mutation, you know, like that mutation feels very scary and threatening to the tribe, right? That's, that's, that's what the witch hunts were, you know, there's, um, change feels really scary to the tribe. So, but it's kind of like how, so each person has their own circuitry you know on their own particular path of how this works for them I can just only speak for myself because that's my most uh, active experiment where I have the most data from <laughs> but for me it's really tuning into what is coming up in the tribe like in the community um and really around around behavior what are what are behaviors that we're exhibiting because that's my conscious son is in the uh, the gate of the behavior of the self, and so it's kind of like what are what are the behaviors that we're exhibiting, and are those behaviors helpful for our for the for the larger collective mutation that we're moving through, and so so sometimes it's like you know watching what's happening in the collective and watching what's happening in the community and being like everybody's getting all fired up about this one thing and I think it's smoke and mirrors I think you know and that's it's like that's also you know part of my design is like you know I'm I'm a heretic and so it's like to be have the courage to speak out you know and to be to be the heretic and say like I don't agree with with what everyone is talking about i don't think that this is where we should be focused i think this is i think this is a, a bait and switch you know from from the collective ego you know i think this is this is getting us to like focus on this one thing and something they're, they're moving something else in the background you know um and sometimes I mean, I don't know. I've just gone through so many different phases. Sometimes I've really been overwhelmed with the tribal fears and then I've, and I've gone with them, even though my perception would say that that's not right. Um, and so then that creates a lot of backpedaling to get through, but anyways, but so I feel like it's really for me in my my individual expression experience of this it's what is the what's the insight that I can offer from my perspective to the community that can help us to move through those those fears and those emotions that come up and then how can how can we really harness that 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 energy to fuel the 
the larger way of thinking to fuel to fuel the more radical way of thinking to fuel the mutation that is wanting to occur within the collective and you know like try and write that on a business plan like (laughs) (laughs) my team thinks I am crazy sometimes (laughs) you know like don't talk to me don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I don't know. Don't talk to me. I'm in a process, you know? Uh, And so it's really kind of like, you know, you have to be, you have to be in service to the art of your life. You know, you have to be, that's what it is. It's like, you have to be in service to the creative essence of the great mystery, the source that's moving through you and you have to be ruthless in your ability to conf- confront your own fears around being a revolutionary leader. No big deal. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you for all that you do. I want to thank you for, because you clearly are doing it with um, grace and in beauty and it's uh and yeah, so many of us get to witness it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do and the sacrifices, you know, that, that, that means that you take on, on your shoulders. So thank you for that. Um, what would you say? Like, if someone was like, tell me about astrology, what is astrology? What would you say? It is so, because I feel like it's so all encompassing. There's so many layers to it. What is astrology? Well, it's, it's, it's another layer to this lived experience that we have on the earth. And you can choose to tap into that layer or not, you know, Um, even if you don't, the planets are still influencing you, you know, it's like so much the time, like when I sit down with my clients, I'm like, I'm not supposed to tell you anything you don't already know. You know, I'm just supposed to affirm like what I, what comes out of my mouth should be affirmation of what you're experiencing and what you're feeling. Um, And so, and so much of the time when I sit with people, it's like, they're already it's like they're already living in it but they just don't know that that's what it is you know that they don't have the awareness that um you know that because they're uh having challenges with um you know getting pulled over and like being accosted by the police and then uh, you know, finding challenges with authority, like their boss is trying to um, make them do things that they don't want to do or put them on a project that they really don't like. And it's like, well, you know, this this square between Saturn and Mars happening and your son is like right in the crosshairs. And, you know, so it's if you if you choose to become aware of this other layer of this lived experience in this world you can you can know you can you can learn the language right it really it really is you know because 
it's, it's not something that's outside of us, right? You know, we have the elements, you know, earth, air, fire, water, and even, you know, into ether. Um, but through the beating of our hearts, we connect to the element of fire. And that therefore connects us to Mars and Aries and the sun and Leo and Jupiter and Sagittarius, you know, and so through our breath, we connect to the air signs and the planets that rule the air signs and through, you know, the rivers and streams of our bodies, our circulatory system, that's the water element. And that's all the water signs and the planets that rule them and our bones, you know, it's like all that. So all, and, and, and then on a, on a molecular level, literally, like we're made up physiologically of the same elements and components that they, that we find in the stars. Um, and of course, you know, when we go back to ancient civilizations, you know, like Egypt is a map of the sky, you know, the, the pyramids are built in this, the same geometric configuration of the stars of the belt of Orion, you know, it's like they literally mapped out the entire heavens. They were creating heaven on earth. Like that's what they did. And across multiple ancient civilizations, we see that. And so I feel like to say that, you know, astrology isn't real or like it doesn't apply to us or whatever, it's kind of really cutting off a huge piece of who we are as humans, um, you know, because regardless of what your ancestry is, I think we can confidently say that somewhere along the line, all of our ancestors study the stars. You know, whether you're related to Galileo or not, <laughs> like, you know, um, so, so when, if you choose to tap in to this other layer of this human experience, you can learn to recognize these archetypal energies because literally they're woven into every part of the fabric, like even in our, especially in our movies, you know, it's like, I love the example of the movie Wonder Woman, right? You know, the antagonist is called Aries, right? It's like, <laughs> doesn't get more pronounced, you know, or more, more blatant. Um, you know, like that book, like men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know, it's like, it's, it's woven into the fabric of our culture. And so these archetypal energies are influencing us, whether we choose to recognize them or not. And in my experience, when we choose to recognize them, then they, they feel seen they feel heard they feel acknowledged these are parts of our subconscious and so um you know it was like right before we were gonna do this interview we had some technical difficulties and I'm like I'm gonna get some some incense here I'm gonna make an offering to Mercury you know I was like burning some some Palo Santo here because Palo Santo is connected to the sphere on the tree of life, the Sephra Hode, which is connected to Mercury. Uh, so there's, it just creates, a, it's, we talk about being in the third dimension, but it's like when you add in these other layers, it, it really becomes multidimensional. And I'm not saying that because it's cool and trendy, right? It's, it literally is. You add all of these different dim dimensions and layers to your experience. And so it just it just helps you to understand like 
how the world works and why things are the way they are. You know, it's like one more example is that when a couple of years ago, Mars was retrograde, Mars doesn't like being retrograde. He wants to move forward, accomplish, let's go. And then Mars was retrograde and it was, it was in the bottom of my chart and uh, it was crossing over what's called the nadir, which is like the, the deepest part of your house. And it's the doorway into the fourth house, which is all about home and safety and like your actual physical dwelling structure, but also like safety on all levels. And literally within one or two days of Mars, Mars retrograde crossing my nadir, I had this bizarre experience where this woman who was not mentally well, came to my front door, like the door of my home, right? This is the nadir. And she had a stone and she was like pounding on the window. Luckily it was safety glass, but just spider webbed. And I was like, who are you? I was like, I don't know you. And like, I cracked the door and she's like, where is he? And I was like, oh my God. Oh, no. So you know, that ended up, you know, resolving itself and bless her on her journey because she's obviously having a hard time in this part of her life. But um, I was so grateful that I knew about astrology because I didn't feel, I could have felt so incredibly vulnerable, right? Like this random person showing on my front door with a stone, right? Like I could have feel, felt really vulnerable and like that, that and it was like a, a dead end street on a back road. It's like hard to get to, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I was like, I saw, I love like, let me check the astrology first thing. And then I, <laughs> I saw that that Mars retrograde was crossing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to light some candles. I'm going to make an altar to Mars. I'm going to work out. Um, and you know, she was probably in Aries, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. In, in ancient times, astrology had a more prominent role in culture. Where do you feel like it lost its cultural significance? I think it's the witch hunts. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, because when you look at like, why, why do people have this uh, judgment about astrology and what, what is the, what, and I think it goes in two ways, you know? So I think, you know, for, for people who are really questioning, you know, like the validity of astrology. Um, so the first root of like the disbelief in astrology, I think is religious because that is like, you know, that it's the devil, it's of the devil. Um, and then the other part is the scientific part, right? It's kind of like, you know, how can you prove that? You know, what are the scientific, the experiments using the scientific method, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and, and I think that what happened, I think it's that with the, with the witch hunts, there was this spiritual sterilization that happened. And so there was this huge swath of people across multiple continents who were stripped of their ability to understand 
why things are the way they are in the natural world. And the natural world became a very scary place because they didn't have that connection to to the to the stars about like why why is this happening um and so they couldn't like see the see the connections so then they so then they turned to science where it's kind of like okay well now we're going to try to understand this on a a scientific and logic you know i feel like that the the, you know the the scientific the, the scientific i don't know if you want to say the scientific revolution you know the it's like it's really it really was a a grab for something to hold on to, you know, because of the spiritual sterilization that happened in the crusades and in the witch hunts that people felt like they needed something to, to hold on to, to grab onto, to find some sense of meaning and understanding in the world. They kind of felt their grip on reality slipping away. So they turned and they gripped really hard into science um, and logic and uh, uh, but that because because the world you know nature is based on mutation you know it's like it's not a linear logical we don't live in a linear logical world and so the safety that people were striving for through that linear, logical, analytical, rational way of thinking, um, it didn't, it didn't really do it, you know, it didn't really do it for them. They didn't really find that safety that they were looking for. Um, so, so yeah, so I think, and then I think that the industrial revolution just capitalized, pun intended, on (laughs) that, linear rational way of thinking and so uh, but you know it's like you even if a stream dries up it's still it just goes underground you know it's the water is still there and so I think that's what's happening for us collectively now is that there there is there's this seepage (laughs) that's happening and and depending on where you are in the world, it can be like a flood, you know, like that. It's like, you know, like when I open my Instagram feed, it's like on the full moon. It's like I can't. It's like a rarity if I see a post with someone not talking about the full moon. Totally, you know? totally. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like some places it's still a desert, and some places it's a tropical oasis, and it floods. <laughs> the Nile is flooding in the consciousness of humanity once again in some places in the world, and so, um, you know, but all of it was important. All of it was important. Like you know, none of that was bad. It was all. You know, we have to forget so that we can remember. Yes. Do you feel that that religion and astrology can coexist together harmoniously? Uh, Absolutely. I think that, you know, because it's like, so, you know, it's like a multidimensional reality, you know, it's like we're, we're moving into the world of the both. And, you know, we're moving away from the either or, and, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Like when you start watching, you know, the, the movie, <laughs> you start watching the dream of, of what's happening and, uh, you know, 
even, you know, when you, you know, you turn on your phone and you're like, oh man, there's been an update. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. Like, how do I use this thing? Like what's going on? And like, you know, you like, you have an app that you haven't opened for a long time. And then you open it up and you're like, oh God, they moved everything. Like, how do I figure out how to do this again? And so even that is, it's part of this subconscious initiation that we are moving ourselves through collectively that is loosening our grip on the the third dimension either or it has to be this way or that way black and white you know because you know like you, you and you just have to deal with it right it's like you, you know either you don't use your phone or you deal with it and you know so it's like we're learning how to cope <laughs> with with a multi-dimensional reality and with things just changing overnight and uh and so so we are moving through this this collective self-initiation where multiple things can exist simultaneously you know it's like <clears throat> yeah so absolutely i think i think that religion and i think that science and i think that um spirituality and i i think it can all i think they i think that they can all exist and they can all inform one another i think that that's really like you know when you when you make exclusions and you say oh well you know, it has to be this way because it's been scientifically proven and you don't accept like the, the religious beliefs on that particular subject. And you, you don't expect, you know, the people who are tuned into the spiritual beliefs, you don't accept those things. It's like, you're really selling yourself short because, because our, our minds are actually designed to be able to see multiple facets of the same jewel. And that, when you like so for example it's right you know like i'm studying astrology i'm studying gene keys human design i learn i'm based in astrology and then i've been studying the gene keys since about 2012 and then human design more recently but it's through my fluency in astrology that i'm able to understand how human design works in a much faster way than had I not had that and so they they're all reflections of each other and so it's kind of like I learn something in human design in my chart and I'm like oh well of course that makes sense because this is what's happening in my astrological chart um and so so when you have so but some person could say like oh well astrology is the only way or you know gene keys or human design or enneagram or whatever you know is the only way but when you allow all of them to exist multiply they they because they're all talking about consciousness right mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all talking about the same thing with different words but when you allow multiple languages when you listen to multiple languages describing the same thing um you get such a more multicolored uh picture than if you just you know it's the same thing with with languages period you know it's like if you like english is such a limited language you know it's like when you one of my favorite phrases in french um it's you know so here we have you know we're, go we're gonna go window shopping right okay we're gonna go window shopping but in france we would say nous faisons de la chitrine 
which means we're going to lick the windows. <laughs> like how much more beautiful. Yes. And we're talking about the same thing. So yeah, I think multiple realities exist. And I think when we allow them, science, religion, uh, you know, metaphysics, spirituality, that they actually all help each other. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Let's say you are working with someone who is new, newer to astrology. And I feel like most people know their sun sign, right? They know that. And someone wants to dive deeper into understanding their birth chart. Where do you, where do you even begin? Where would, if someone was like, I am a Capricorn. Right. (laughs) What else? I love this. I love this so much. And I like people, like when I get to read charts for people who've never had their chart read before, I'm like, Oh, like it is such a gift. I'm like, you are so amazing. Like, and I, you're about to learn so much about how amazing you are. And, um, I'm just so grateful to have the privilege of, you know, being your guide to show you how amazing you are. Um, so, um, well, first of all, I really, I, you know, I get so like, but I do what I can. Um, I really, in in my readings, I always explain to people why I'm saying the things I'm saying to them. I don't just tell them, these are the attributes of, you know, a Capricorn or whatever. Um, And if they have some kind of reference, I always invite them to share, you know, what is your experience of being a Capricorn, you know, because then it's like, like, and, and then you get to tease out, like, what are the 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 ways you know it's like I love it when I get to sit with Virgos <laughs> because they have blessed the Virgos and all people with like Virgo placements um because you know my teacher says Virgo is one of the most misunderstood signs and so a lot of times when you sit with Virgos and it's like well so tell me what is it what is it for you to be you know a Virgo son what is that how's that or for a Virgo rising how does that show up in your life what do you recognize in that and then they start saying well you know I feel like sometimes I can be overly critical of myself or you know I find myself like only seeing flaws in other people and you know I never feel like I'm good enough and I always think I need to study more and it's like awesome because like there's then then I get to see what what they're seeing about themselves and what they're not seeing about themselves you know because really astrology is it's about integration. And, you know, it's like in the middle, I am going to come back around to how do you start in that, but I want to just paint this picture first. Um, I have Mercury and Sagittarius. <laughs> we gotta, we always got to go big picture. Um, so um, in the beginning, you know, you're sitting there floating in the amniotic fluid of your mother's womb and there was nothing, you know, your birth chart was empty. Uh, but it's kind of like you and your spirit guides were there, all your ancestors, and you're like having this this meeting and you're mapping out your life and you're like, it's like, you know, laying all the pieces onto a, a, a game board or something, you know, and you're like, okay, so I'm definitely going to put my son in the eighth house because I want to learn those lessons around power and intimacy and create something I can be proud of around that, you know, and it's like, I want to put my moon here and I want to definitely make sure I put my Saturn in the 
fourth house because I need to learn things around family and stability and structure um, in this lifetime. Because this, you know, your chart is just a contented your your birth chart and this entire life is just a chapter in the novel, which is part of a massive series of novels of your lifetimes, you know. And so, so you're there planning out all the pieces and then you've got all of them ready to go. And, and then you, you're ready, you know, you're going down the, the birth canal and you're ready to take your first breath and you're like, hold your breath. Cause you know, or there's some kind of complication because you're like, no, I need to make sure that I have that rising sign with that particular minute. I need that minute because that's gonna, you know, make all my houses in a certain way. And I want this, you know, these planets to be in this certain houses. And so you take that first breath and you throw all the pieces onto your chart. And so then your task, you know, your, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to remember where you put all of those pieces, those, those uh, pieces on the game board and to, to integrate them, you know, it's like, oh, come here, Pluto, you know, like you, you know, Lord of Darkness, you know, it's like Saturn, like, oh gosh, of course I put you up there because I needed to learn these lessons. I can see that now. Thank you so much. Um, so it really is this integration. Um, so when I start with people, I really like to make the chart third dimensional. So it's not this thing that they're looking at that kind of seems confusing. So we start with the rising sign and it's like, okay, so when you look on the rising sign, you see this constellation. So what's your rising sign? Pisces. Okay. So okay, now where is the Eastern horizon right now for you? Like for me, it's right back there. My Eastern horizon is that way. <laughs> yeah. So then you think, okay, so on the day or night that you were born, the constellation of Pisces was depending on what, you know, your birth time is, was two thirds, one third, you know, only one star visible, you know, but that was what was visible on the Eastern horizon. And then you look to the Western horizon and then you look across on the descendant and then you see what the constellation. So for you is Virgo. So then it's like, okay, so over there is that we see the constellation, the stars of the constellation of Virgo. We're, we're just beginning to set. Um, and then you can look up and you can see what were the planets, you know, you were born in the day. Okay. But, you know, but it was, uh, you were born in winter and you were born in a higher, uh, latitude. And so the apex of where the sun, which would reach its Zenith on that day is a little bit, you know, off to one side because it was winter because you were at a higher latitude. Um, and so, so, and then you can see like, okay, so the sun would be there and then you would have the, you know, you, you can't see them with your eyes because it was daytime, but Jupiter was here and you could, so you can really like, you can paint the picture of your chart so that literally you could go out in your backyard. And if you don't live in your place that you were born, you could imagine that you were there and you could sit, you know, you could imagine that you're sitting underneath the sky at exactly the time when you were born. And then you can really... It's it's such more of a a visceral experience that way because it's like it becomes real, not this yes. like drawing on a piece of paper. Um so yeah. Then I take people through, I actually start with the I start in a kind of unconventional way. I actually start with the midheaven. Um 
because it's like how people know you who don't know you. And so it's really kind of like, okay, that's, that's where people, you know, like they're outside of the gate, you know, they're outside of the house. And then they come to your front door and then they see your rising sign. And then they come into the living room, they sit on their couch and then they you show the sun sign. And then if you really like them, you will show them your bedroom and that's your moon sign. <laughs> <laughs> Love this. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, it's like, yeah, I have a really playful, you know, I was a poet, um, still am, but you know, so I have this really poetic, uh, imaginative way of explaining things through story and metaphor that I think really, really helps people uh, when they're trying to learn about their chart. Now, how often would you recommend getting a reading from a professional astrologer? Yeah, probably about every six months. Um, every six so months. in terms of like receiving, if you if you really are serious about wanting to 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 live in alignment with the stars um my recommendation would first be to uh start with just a regular reading on your chart um so that so that you have a really good foundation of who am i what are my gifts of course it's not gonna you're not gonna get it all in one session but um your of course your chart is this multi-dimensional thing it's going to continue to teach you and speak to you um, but to have that basis, you know, as a as a framework to start from um, and to have that with the same person, I think that you're going to be having that with um, because, you know, it's like when I a lot of people who've had many readings, they come to my readings and they're like, well, what's going on? You know, so like chart is so complex. I'm like, oh, well, I add eight additional asteroids on here. Um, so uh, every astrologer has different different ways that they focus and things and so but then once you have that good foundation basis then I would recommend having it every six months you know because then you can really have a confined amount of time like okay what are the transits over the next six months and you know where are the different planets moving through and uh, my houses and what what planets are they activating in your own chart and how can you best be of service to those planets because they're coming through, you know, with offerings to help you. And so it's like, how can, how can you be in collaboration with these energies as opposed to being clobbered? <laughs> um, and to really, you know, really resource them for the opportunities that they present to you. Um, so that's, that's what I've done with my teacher and it's been super helpful. What is one thing that you want to share with our listeners that maybe you haven't shared yet? What's just one thing that's on your heart? Really just trust yourself. You know, I think that's the, that's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, and, you know, to, Really give yourself permission to follow those things that spark your interest, you know, like even if it, it's not going to pay the bills or it doesn't make sense or people are going to think you're weird or whatever. It's like really follow, like, you know, pay attention in your life to the, like the amount of energy that you feel 
when you when you do certain things when you um are in someone's instagram you know or you're um you you know someone says a phrase and you're like what is that you know and you like you go on this uh you know wild goose chase of learning about that or whatever you know or you're like i don't know i just i just feel like i I need to learn about astrology, you know, or it's like, there's just, you know, like things that, that, that don't make sense. Um, but, but you feel like, you know, rising energy in your body or someone says something and you get chills. Um, you know, our bodies are designed to vibrate at the recognition of truth, whether that's chills, whether that feels like heat or whether that feels like, you know, just a flush of energy in your body. Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing as falling in love. You know, you're around that person. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> so much energy, <laughs> you know? So, so pay attention to, to where you feel those things. Um, you know, and, and really it's like, your body is your friend, you know, your body is actually here to, to, to show you, you know, it's like, even when I do my astrology sessions and, you know, I, you know, I, we find certain places where things are like unintegrated and it's like, okay, I'm really feeling like, you know, Saturn is really calling you to mentor with him. Um, and you know, he, he has some powerful lessons he wants to teach you. And so, you know, I want you to go read about Saturn in five different places, you know, and, and like, you know, whether that's in a book or whether that is, you know, on a website somewhere on the internet, but find five different places where you can read about this planet or this sign and, and pay attention to how your body feels when you are reading that or when you're listening, you know, to that podcast or that audiobook or whatever, maybe it's happening for some people now, you know, it's like, um, because your, your body, it's, it's like a biological highlighter, you know, like you're, you're reading and then suddenly, and sometimes it's chills and sometimes it's, you know, we talked about all these physical sensations, but also sometimes it's, it's visions. Like, you know, like you might be reading about Saturn and then you have a vision pop into your head about um, having a difficult conversation with one of your friends. And and so but it's like your your body is here to help you to find your path of service, you know, and it's it really is what makes you the most excited, even if that feels illogical, you know, it's like. When I first started doing sound healing, that was hundred percent not making sense. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, like, you know, like there's, there's this guy who's doing sound healings once a week and it's $15 per person. And maybe there's 20 people there, you know, if we do it together, we're going to split it. You know, it's like not a good financial decision. You know, it takes so much time to get ready and pack up and be there and, uh, uh, pack up and then unpack at home and like all of this stuff and like the instruments are expensive and blah 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 it's like my bank account was overdrawn you know it's like 
not no no logical person would say that sounds like a good idea <laughs> you know but it was just like and there was energy there was momentum there you know it was like I was just like oh these are some pretty dresses at Target I, I don't know where I'll ever wear them but I'll just buy them you know they're like $15 each or something and then I have the dress to wear to the photo shoot and someone is letting me borrow their crystal singing bowls and we're doing a photo shoot on the cliff at dawn and it's just like I have no I I, I forget I, I'm not, I surrender I give up I give up my logical idea of trying to understand this have no idea what is going on and somehow I'm being taken care of and somehow this is being in service to the collective and and I sacrifice I sacrifice my self-doubt I sacrifice my need to know my need to understand and let it all go and I just follow the momentum and you know <laughs> a couple of years later like not a couple a few years later you know it's like you know, teaching yeah. uh, incredible, amazing sound healers all over the world. And then they're going off and they're doing, we create this ripple effect. And it's like people in countries all over the world are serving people and helping people because, because of that, like, you know, disrespect of the logical field. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try not to swear. <laughs> Fine. Um, you know, it's, uh, so just really, it's like, follow, follow the momentum of your life. Like, even if it feels like you're tumbling down the rabbit hole, because you probably are, and that's probably good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Cause it really is so many, so many forces, you know, in your birth chart, you know, in your life are, are helping you. And, but it really, it really, they, they need you to be able to go with them when, when they have things that you didn't even know were possible planned for your life, you know, so they need you to be able to let go of what you thought was possible. That is beautiful, beautiful advice. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that so much. Um, oh, this has just been such a pleasure, Raquel. This is just so, so beautiful. And I'm just so grateful for you taking the time to talk with all of us and just sharing the space with you. Where can our listeners find you? Where can <laughs> they find you? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you can find me on my website. Uh, it's rakael.com, R-A-K-A-I-E-L. And um, I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram account is I am Rakael. Um, I have a YouTube also. <laughs> it's like something I never bring up. Um, we'll link but, to it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the I think it's it's my name. Uh, I think it's just Raquel is like youtube.com slash Raquel. Um, and yeah, I look forward to all of the magical connections and synchronicities and the ripple effects of, of this, this conversation. And, and if this conversation was helpful for you, I would love to hear about it. 
Um, so please send me a message on Instagram. Um, you can also send us an email at info at Um, I really, it's just really so, it's part of the magic, you know, to hear the stories from your lives about what happened, even if it's like five years later and you just suddenly have this remember like, oh yeah, listen to that podcast. And she <laughs> talked about, you know, reading something and getting chills. And then like, that just totally happened. It's like, oh, I love, I love seeing how these, these, this ripple effect comes and changes all of our lives. So um, would love to hear from you in that way. Thank you so much. This is just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much to everyone who listened and um, yeah, I hope that everything that we shared was helpful. I'm sending everyone so much love. Thank you.